This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously and 6-1 since that matters and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. The time is here. The time is now. It's time to get caught up on all the happenings in the world of rock and roll. All the important things you need to know, and the guys that are bringing it to you. That's us, the Decibel Geek Podcast. I'm Aaron Camaro, joined as always by my good friend Chris Sinzak. This is GeekWire. What's going on, brother? I would lo- I'd love to say not much, but that would be a lie. <laughs> no, I know that would be a lie, because I get on the line with you, and you're like, hang on a second, and it's rock and pod business, but we're really right down to it now. Yeah. It's uh, um, all the the million little things you have to do before the event. Um, I'm just, it's funny, and I, no matter how much I knock out, then like there's oh there's four other things I got to do. It's just no matter how prepared you are, there's still so many things that just sort of blindside you as you get close to the event. Things you don't think of, and yeah, it's uh, I swear it feels like I do it for the first time every damn time. Well, you know, and I think that's got so much to do with the fact that you. And everybody that's helping you do all this hard work and get ready for this thing, you guys really, truly give a shit. You know, you really care about putting on an event that everybody that comes to it's going to love. You know, and judging by years past, you've been able to do that every single time. And I don't expect this year to be any different. I know you guys are working hard, dotting the I's, crossing the T's, and all that stuff. To make sure that Rock and Pod Weekend 2023 is going to be the best one ever, and I believe it's going to be. I'm doing the same. Uh, you know, the, I've gotten into you know not to you know we're, this is almost turning into a Chris and Aaron show, but I, it's fun to talk about. So, um, but yeah, I've uh, I've learned how to cope with stress and anxiety through this one. <laughs> oh, really? In the past, I would just white knuckle it and stress and. I am still stressed, but I've through the power of uh, stuff like meditation and stuff like that. I've uh, manifesting, you know, vision board, the whole thing. Yeah, I, I'm 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 giving it a shot, but I I, I do feel better about it uh, than I have in years past. I just what flashed through my mind just now when you said all that was you taking the picture of Stevie Rochelle in his bath towel and that being the first thing that you tacked up onto the board. How did you know that? <laughs> it just came to me. It's a vision, you know. It works. It's real. Uh, I love Stevie Rochelle, but I don't love Stevie Rochelle. Oh, man. Everybody loves Stevie Rochelle. <laughs> yeah, but not in that uh, man love way. Oh, okay. Well, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you might be another story, but <laughs> I mean... We've all got our Stevie Rochelles, you know, or Vinnie Vincents and all that good stuff. I'll I'll stick with Stevie. <laughs> <laughs> Vinnie who? <laughs> yeah, right. So, I mean, the commercial's been playing on the local rock station here. In a couple of nights, you and I are going to go meet up with, like, the Nashville Podcasters Group. These guys that, you know, do a lot of podcasting in and about Nashville. We're going to go talk to them and see if they can help us spread the word about this. I've been spreading the word pretty much to everybody that I talk to. Like if I see somebody that I even think might be a rock and roller, I'll say, do you know about rock and pod? I just did it last weekend at McKay's. There was this young kid and he was with his, I think his girlfriend, I assume. And 
she goes, oh, here's Kiss, you know, and then right away I'm like, oh, you like Kiss, you know, do you, do you like Twisted Sister, you know, <laughs> and start pitching them on Rockin' Pod right away, so everywhere I go and everything I do, I'm just looking for people to tell about Rockin' Pod, and you know what, all our friends are super excited, you know, the other podcasters that are coming to it, they're all super stoked, I can tell, and you know, it's just a few days away, it's like a week and all. Yeah. You don't have to tell me. <laughs> it's, I'm so, it, it's so excited. Right around the corner. I'm actually going to meet with the fairgrounds tomorrow to make the final payment on that and uh, yeah, submit the, the layout for the floor plan. And yeah, it's, it's, it's for real now. Heck yeah, man. I'm so excited to see all my friends, get to make new friends, because that's the way Rock and Pod always is. It's a whole group of the most awesome people, rock and roll fans, coming together and celebrating what they love, the music. And we're going to mingle, and we're going to have a good time. Drinks will be drank. It's, it's going to be awesome. I was just looking over the poster again today, and it's like, there is so much packed into this one weekend I better start drinking now to build up my liver. <laughs> I might I won't I won't be touching alcohol till we get to Sunday. That's my that's my plan. <laughs> I'm gonna sober up for a little while on Saturday, I think. <laughs> that's my whole plan. Yeah, good deal. But yeah, balls to the wall. It's right around the corner. Rockin' Pod weekend is almost here. If you guys are coming, I'm sure you've made your plans by now, but if you're in the area and you're catching this at the last moment, you got to know we want you to come party with us, and I'm just excited. I'm so excited for it, but you know what? That's probably the biggest news that you're going to hear today. I mean, we're going to talk about legends. We'll talk about all kinds of things, but Rockin' Pod is what you need to know. Check it out, rockinpod.com if you don't, and if you do, we'll see you in about a week and Hell yes. Yeah. All right, let's talk some uh, news. Okay, well, I guess the number one news story in the whole entire world besides Rockin' Pod is that your co-host made Kistery this last week. Oh, yeah. So Chris sends me a message and goes, this is out of nowhere. And what it is, I know a lot of our friends that listen to the show are Kiss fans, and if you're a super, super hardcore Kiss fan then you are definitely aware of KISS FAQ. And you probably got yourself a cool little handle that you use on there. And so nobody knows who's who. Everybody smarts off all the time. Lots of hearty discussions going on at KISS FAQ all the time. To me, I read it once in a while, and it's always fun anytime I do read it. But this one was a thread entitled Aaron Camaro of Decibel Geek. And... I don't even care at this point what it's about. I'm so excited, and I feel like I've done it. I've done it. I'm a part of Kistery now. I've got my own thread on Kiss FAQ. I could be at Rockin' Pod signing autographs now. Yeah, I guess so. But, man, kind of blown away. You know, the subject was, well, Aaron Camaro, he's kind of a dummy. <laughs> but I don't even care. All I care about is that I've got my own thread on Kiss FAQ. <laughs> There's no Chris Sinzak thread on FAQ, I'll say that. There's not? No. Nope. Oh, I thought for sure you probably beat me to that by years. No, I don't think there's ever been like a just me as the subject. No. I mean, we our show's been discussed, but never just me. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure in the Vinnie Vincent days, we were probably discussed quite a bit. Yeah, I mean, I got a lot of talk about me then, but it wasn't like somebody starting a, a, a thread saying Chris Senzak or whatever, you know. But uh, no, this guy is kind of dumb. <laughs> but yeah, it's funny that they had like one of the guy that was complaining was basically saying something like the whole show is just Chris telling Aaron stuff he doesn't know, and I'm like, you ever heard of a conversation, genius? Well, yeah, I mean. <laughs> It wouldn't be much fun if Chris said, hey, have you heard about this? Yep. And I'd say, yes, I did. <laughs> okay. The next topic. Ha have you heard about this? <laughs> yes, I have. <laughs> I know Sink and Stanley personally. I'll have you know. Me too. But then it just goes off the rails from there. And everybody that came in and told this guy to 
bite it, you know, that was fun and that was cool. But then the whole conversation just turns into like, he doesn't even know about Queen's right. <laughs> yeah. And then it, it just goes there, you know, and it's like, okay, well, I was proud of this for a minute because I got my own thread on Kiss FAQ. Unfortunately, it's all about Queens, right? <laughs> yeah. I was like, yeah, it just devolved into a whole Queens, right discussion. <laughs> yeah, because I don't know enough about Queens, right? And, you know, some people think that's okay. <laughs> so, what a weird thing to complain about. No, but it was awesome, man. And everybody that commented on there and said nice things, I sure do appreciate it. And yes, I am a part of Kistory now. I tried to be. Uh, I tried to be uh, diplomatic in my response. I finally chimed in on it, and I basically just said, you know, there's a lot of great podcasts out there that aren't ours, so feel free to check one of those out. Thanks for listening while you did. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's whatever. I love it. This is a bad look for us. I mean, what podcast goes on and talks about their haters at length? That's a bad idea. Oh, no, I wasn't talking about the haters. I love that. And it wasn't even hate. It was just like, you know, well, this guy don't seem so smart about Queensryche and things, you know. And I'm okay with that. I got no problem with it. Like, I wasn't upset in the least. I was just like, I don't care about any of this. All I care about is the title of the thread and knowing that that's going to be there forever. Well, as long as Julian keeps the site up, yeah. (laughs) You can't let that die. That's part of history, too. He's about as burned out on running that side as I am at running rock and pots. <laughs> I got to believe it might be a little worse. His <laughs> fans are a little crazy. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you get opinionated kiss fans, you know, people, especially nowadays, people that, you know, hate what's going on and people that don't aren't bothered by it in the least. And then the clash of those two opinions, you know, it's, it's out of sight because neither side wants to budge at all. And it's a matter of personal opinion. You know, it's just like, do you love Queensryche? No, I don't. How dare you? You know, <laughs> you know, and it's not that I don't like Queensryche. It's just that I never really, never really gave them their due. And so sometime this year, I would like to pledge to do some sort of Queensryche best and worst episode. Hmm. I'd love to do Whether that. We, whether we do the 80s, the 90s, whatever. I just like would like to do some sort of Queensryche thing so that I can force myself to listen to it because, I mean, I do find some Queensryche songs over the years that I thought were okay and other ones that I really don't like at all. But I'd like to really dive in on that band so that once and for all I can actually have an honest opinion, kind of like we did with White Lion. Yeah. I didn't think I liked White Lion. And then afterwards, it turns out, they've got a shit ton of songs I think are awesome. Mm-hmm. That's why I like doing those shows. But yeah, obviously me being a part of history is the lead off story here. (laughs) I've been so busy. I had already forgotten about it. It's like, and it feels like it was a month ago that I brought that to your attention. That's crazy. Uh huh. Um, all right. Well, we ready for the first, uh, blabbermouth story. Yeah. What do we got? Uh, ex Ozzy Osbourne bassist Phil Susan recalls headlining over Metallica on their 1986 tour. And uh, this is not a big story, but it's just interesting to hear his take on this. It said, uh, he was, says, I was familiar with Metallica being a Brit because they broke in Britain a long time before they broke in America. So they're frequently in England. I'll be, uh, be honest with you. I was like, wow, this is kind of very out of left field. It's very extreme compared to the sort of stuff that was mainstream, but it was cool. And then uh, he said Ozzy had a reputation at the time. If you could open an Ozzy tour, that was pretty much a guaranteed slam dunk success move, whether it was going to be Motley, whether it was going to be, and in this case it was Metallica, and we just saw them explode, but we definitely had different audiences. If you went out there during the Metallica show, then you'd see all these denim jackets in the front few rows, and then all of a sudden they stop playing and the whole crew goes out on stage and they start changing all the gear around. And correspondingly, the audience, the, the entire first three rows would change to completely different looking people. And it was like girls. I mean, it was undeniable what was going on. But uh, yeah. that must have been, uh, imagine being just like, imagine being a diehard Aussie fan at that time, not having a clue who Metallica is and then witnessing them open for them. Boy, that'd be kind of a shock at the time. Because like you said, at that point, there really is nobody like Metallica. And they're not 
a part of the Sunset Strip. You know, you talk about like Motley going out on tour with Ozzy as their launch pad into superstardom. It seems like if you were a halfway decent band and you got to open for Ozzy back then, I mean, it is almost a guarantee that you're going to be accepted. And then, you know, I guess you got to back it up. And Metallica had no problem doing that. So, yeah, I mean, perfect time for them. And then how cool it must be for those guys to see the reactions to the opening bands and going, yep, this is going to be something here. And every time it is. Yeah, absolutely. But, yeah, I was... uh that's a that was that's a that's one of those time machine tours I wish I could go back and witness to see a very oh, young man. Metallica opening for Ozzy. Well, Metallica's done to the beer tent. Yeah, that's pretty cool though. All right, uh, we don't really talk about this guy often, but he's certainly on Blabbermouth a lot. Corey Taylor has promised his new solo LP will be the best rock album of this year and the next. Wow, that's a bold statement right there. Yeah, he says that it's called CMF2 because the first one was called CMF, and that stands for Corey Motherfucking Taylor, or CMFT, yeah. I think is what it's stood for, uh, is going to be the best rock album of this year and the next. I can't wait for people to hear this album. It chews up that first record and spits it out. Wow. It's more dialed in with everything people expect from me, so it's got hints of CMFT, but there's also hints of Slipknot, Stone Sour, and all the stuff I've done in my acoustic shows. It's got everything for everybody. People are going to fucking lose it. Well, he's definitely uh, definitely confident in it. Yeah, he's obviously proud of it. And if I'm not mistaken, that year that the uh, first solo album came out, I think that made your top ten at the end of the year. It did. It was it was one of the biggest surprises of the year for me. I didn't think he was going to put out that good of a quality of a record, but uh, it was really great. I agree. It was a really good album. And if this chews that up and spits it out... Wow, he might be making a, uh, maybe not such a bold statement, but a prediction. A spoiler, even. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Stop emailing people about Rock and Pied while we're recording. <laughs> One last thing. All right. I'm, I'm closing my email. All right, sorry. See? See how it oh. is? <laughs> I- you have no idea how much I can't wait to just focus on Decibel Geek again. <laughs> I bet. Oh, man. It'll be nice to have you back, man. It'll be, it'll be nice to be back and, and put my full attention on it because I really just miss doing the show. How dare you? <laughs> no, I keep fucking around with that mistress called Rockin' Pod every year. That's awesome. I can't wait. I don't even care. <laughs> All right, in uh, Metal God news, Rob Halford has said that he he actually was approached about contributing to Dolly Parton's rock album that's coming up. Is there any word on that? What is that going to be? Is it is it her like writing hard rock songs? That's what I was hoping for. But from what I've gathered, it's going to be a who's who of guests, like probably like Paul McCartney, Miley Cyrus, a bunch of people. And from what I gather, it's going to be stuff like covers of don't stop believing and shit like that hmm. which is really a bummer to me because i was like man it'd be interesting to hear what she could put together but it's going to be an all-star covers album is what it sounds like and that's not as fun as what i was kind of hoping when this all first kind of started becoming a thing because i mean you got to consider yes dolly Parton is not rock or metal or i mean and this really other than her being inducted into the rock and roll hall of fame is Really, the only time Dolly Parton's ever come up on this show. But there's no denying that people love Dolly Parton. I've loved her for a long time. And she's had a ton of albums, i got to imagine, mm-hmm. over the years. And a ton of hits. She's got to be a great songwriter. So I think, what would happen if she really said, I want to make a hard rock album. I want to write some kick-ass songs. Get me some other guys, you know, to help me out to do this. A couple of guest stars, you know. You get, like see, you get Tony Iommi to play guitar on a song. Get Ace Fraley to play a guitar on a song. <laughs> and then how cool that could possibly be. But this sounds like it's going to be kind of a letdown if that's what you're hoping for. Yeah, that's what I've heard about it. And, um, you know, she has that song, Code of Many Colors. Yeah. She could, she could do a rewrite of that, a coat of one color, and it's black. 
<laughs> so is Rob Helford going to be on the album? No, I, I guess he was just a, he was approached about it. Is what the article uh. is stating. Um, let's see if I can find the actual quote. Got the like ninety nine percent of this article is not about that. <laughs> so this is really annoying. Um, they said, well, he's talking about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame performance. So where's the part about her him being approached for the record? All right, Blabbermouth, you're pissing me off with this one. Clickbait. I don't see the quote. That's funny. And maybe I'm not... Uh, it's a long-ass article, too. No, I can't. I mean... If well, he should be approached, and he should do it. And he should say, Dolly, let's not do covers of Journey songs. Let's not cover Foreigner songs. Let's write some songs together. You and me, let's do this. We'll get my band. We'll get Priest to back us. And you and I will do an album together. How about a cover of uh, a duet cover of Parental Guidance? <laughs> All right, maybe this ain't such a great idea. <laughs> Oh, man, maybe there is no good scenario when it comes to Dolly uh, Parton making maybe, a metal album. And this is why rock and roll should only be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Yeah. So, oh, man. Um, I usually, you know, the, a lot of the festival shows that have been getting announced over the last year, I've, I've been pretty meh about, um, especially Bonnaroo. Like, have you seen Bonnaroo's lineup lately? I'm never too excited with Bonnaroo's lineup because probably 80% of it, if not more, is stuff I've never even heard of. Pretty much all of it I've never heard of this time. But uh, Rocklahoma announced their lineup for this year. And I got to say, this is a pretty damn strong lineup that I'm seeing. He's got Pantera, Godsmack, Rob Zombie, Limp Biscuit. Now, some of these I'm, I'm not crazy about. Bush, of course, Chevelle, no. I'll just pull, the ones that I'm excited about, Corey Taylor as a solo artist is on here. That's kind of cool. Um, Ministry, Code Orange, Guar, yeah, uh, Wolfie Van Halen, Skid Row, nice, uh, Buck Cherry, Warrant, L.A. Guns, Kicks. Then also you got like Filter and Fuel, Blackstone Cherry, Crowbot, wow, nice, Bullet Boys, uh, Steven Adler. Well, that's pretty cool, man. That's a good mix. Yeah. Of like old school stuff and stuff a little more current. This is how, I think this is the, a successful way to book one of these rock festivals. Don't just stay in the 80s, but also book some of that 90s and 2000s stuff and mix up the hard rock and the metal. I think, I love this line. It just sucks you have to go to Oklahoma to see it. Yeah, well, it's got to happen somewhere. So wherever it is, people are traveling to it. That seems like something worth traveling for. I like that lineup. I like the mix-up of, like, you know, Rob Zombie, L.A. Guns, Pantera, Bullet Boys, Godsmack Kicks. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's cool. I, I dig it. Everything but Bush. Yeah, Bush could stay home. Man, you hear about poor Godsmack trying to tour in South America? I heard something about their, it got canceled for bad sales, right? Yeah, they couldn't sell no tickets. Nobody down below the border, I guess, Wanted to see Godsmack. That's weird. That is weird. You think they'd still have a decent following? Unless it depends on the the venues they're playing. Though, are they trying to play stadiums and shit? Yeah, that could be. I don't know the details on that. But if you look at this, you know, Godsmack right up on top of the uh, the bill at the Rocklahoma Festival here in the states. It's kind of strange. I read that. I couldn't understand. You know, I would think Godsmack would be, I mean, pretty popular all over the world. Yeah, you would think so. Yeah. Tough times in Mexico, I guess. Yep. Um, so we've, you know, we've playfully gone back and forth on our predictions for the new Mr. Big Drummer <laughs> over the last few months. And uh, sadly, we're both wrong on this one. Yeah, I figured so. When I saw the headline that said they unveiled their new touring drummer, it's like, well, if I was right, I would have heard of this by now. Yeah. So, so who did it end up being? Joining Mr. Big on drums for this special final world tour will be longtime friend of the band. Let me see if I can pronounce it. Nick DiVergillo. And uh, he plays in a band called Spock's Beard and another band called Big Big Train. I have heard of Spock's Beard. I don't know their music. And uh, he's going to be the guy replacing Pat Torpy. Huh, all right. You know, if he's longtime friends, I guess I understand that. That's cool. And he... I guess he must be a damn good drummer, otherwise he wouldn't be playing with those guys. But 
It sure would have been cool to be Alex Van Halen, though. Yeah, I thought it was going to be Mike Portnoy for sure. But, I mean, just with him being in Winery Dogs, it just made sense. Mr. Big will be the one band he don't play in. Yeah. <laughs> what about Mr. Big? No, I, I won't touch that. <laughs> huh. Okay, well, that's cool. Have they uh, released dates yet for that? Yeah, so far it's just like Japan and some it's overseas dates right now. But they did mention that um, the Canada and the U.S. are on their radar for early 2024. Nice. So hopefully we'll get a Nashville show. Yeah, they come around here, I would definitely go see that. But in the meantime, you can see Eric Martin all three days of Rockin' Pod Weekend. That's right, and the big acoustic show on Sunday. Yes, sir. All right, well, here's some hot-off-the-press news that actually broke today as we record this. Nita Strauss is back in Alice Cooper's band. Well, that was quick. Yep. I guess when they told us not to worry that they were right. Yeah, Alice released a statement saying, She's back. Nita asked for a leave of absence leave of absence to work with someone else something i always encourage my band members to do i like them to challenge themselves and try new things i'm thankful to my old friend kane roberts for stepping in and filling in for her but she'll be back with us for the new tour that starts in late april so uh kane roberts very short run but i always had the impression he was kind of the fill-in guy i I had a strong feeling she'd return to the band and by the way things were kind of talked about earlier on i think he knew it too yeah I mean, it, this isn't really that new. I mean, people like Carrie Kelly and, I mean, Steve Hunter's been in and out of Cooper's band like two, three times. Um, yeah. It, it's Eric Singer. You know, he would leave, he'd come back. It, it's not a new thing for his band members to do this. No, and that's kind of cool that Alice Cooper encourages that. I mean, there's not a shortage of amazing musicians that wouldn't die to play with Alice Cooper. So, you know, to say... You want to go try this? Go do that for a little while. I'll get this person to come in for a little bit, or I'll give this new person a try. We'll go back and bring back a classic to join the band for a little while. There's no, you're in my band, and you can't do anything else. There's none of that. You know, There's a lot of bands out there, a lot of big shot you know, lead, lead singers that i got to imagine would probably be that way. Not Alice Cooper. Mm-hmm. You know, That guy is the coolest. He is, yeah. He he even has a song called "I Am the Coolest." Exactly. You know, he didn't even need he didn't need to write that for us to know. But it's nice to know that we're all in agreement. In case you forgot, listen to the record. It's true. Um, well, let's do a double shot of Alice Cooper news. So this is uh, just a brief thing, but it's cool. So uh, Alice was on Planet Rock recently, or no, Planet Rock broadcast his Nights with Alice Cooper radio show. And he spoke about his upcoming follow-up to 2021's Detroit Stories, saying, there's another album coming out that's really going to knock you out. Everybody really likes it, the people that have heard it so far. It's just a rocking rock and roll album. Hell yeah. That's what I like to hear. Alice Cooper can't really do too wrong. Even the Detroit Stories thing was, it was okay. But there were a few songs on there that were stellar. But as a, a whole, tracks, yeah. eh, it was okay. Yeah. But you know what? You're always going to get something awesome from Alice Cooper. I agree. Here, I got some I got some breaking news, Alice Cooper news for you. What's up? Kind of kicked myself in the ass a little bit for not following through on this. But today I was at work and I had to run to the Home Depot to grab some supplies. I saw Chuck Garrick <laughs> in the Home Depot. No kidding. I, my first instinct is to go up to him and say, excuse me, sir, do you know if they have any guillotine oil in here? But then I think, I'm in a hurry. I got to get going. He looks like he's in a hurry. I'm not going to fuck with him. (laughs) (laughs) But that was my first instinct, was to come around the corner and ask him that. But then I was like, well, no, we all got shit we're doing. I'm going to get going. (laughs) Sounds like a great idea for a a parody commercial. Chuck Garrick walks into Home Home Depot. Can you tell me where the torture device section is? Uh Uh-huh, yep. (laughs) <laughs> and what are you building there? Some sort of Iron Maiden guillotine contraption? I love that guy. Yeah, he's pretty cool. But that's why I didn't want to bother him. <laughs> but I thought it was pretty cool, man. You know, gotta love Nashville. Walking through the Home Depot, there's Chuck Garrick from the Alice Cooper band right there. I would have harassed him, but that's me. Yeah, I thought about it, but, you know, I didn't want to be an asshole. 
Let's see if he, he wants to do another interview in an extremely loud coffee shop. Oh, yeah, that's right. We did do that that time with him. He was cool, man. I liked him. Yeah, that was a fun time. Uh, some sad news this week. Leonard Skinner guitarist Gary Rossington passed away at 71 years old. Yeah, man, that sucks. The last one, right? Yeah, it's kind of the, the original band is basically reunited in heaven right now. Or is Artemis Pyle still kicking? Actually, yeah, Artemis is still alive. But I, I, yeah, although Artemis I was wasn't say. the original drummer, I don't believe. So Yeah. Yeah. Man, that's a bummer, man. He was awesome. When I was young, I did not like Leonard Skinner at all. It was the same thing with Thin Lizzy, because you only hear the handful of songs on the radio. You only hear Freebird and Simple Man a million times Sweet growing Home, up. Alabama. Sweet Home Alabama. Those three songs, man, they made me hate Skinner. But then when I got older, it was like, listen to the whole album. I go, okay, listen to the whole album. There's some killer, killer guitar playing in Leonard Skinner. Some of their stuff is actually pretty damn heavy, especially for their time mm-hmm. and their style. There's hooks like like that song, uh, That Smell. Yeah. That riff is unfreaking believable. And there's a lot of songs like that. I really like Leonard Skinner a lot now, and it's because of the guitar players in the band more than anything. It was, it was, yeah. And I, I, I grew up kind of the same way, especially in Nashville. So they, I mean, they would play more than those three songs, like you'd hear, like the Ballad of Curtis Lowe and all that, and a lot of stuff. But Give Me Three Steps, I actually played Give Me yeah. Three Steps at a high school talent show on guitar one time. Um, but uh, they all, but they were shoved down your throat if you grew up in Nashville. So oh, I believe it is much there are so many great songs, but I hated them as, as a kid because it's just like, God damn, do we have to hear Skinner again? Uh, and then I had a few years where I gave them I didn't have to listen to them thanks to the Internet. And then now when they come on the radio, I actually enjoy the songs a lot more than I used to. Yeah, it's, it's weird, too, because two days ago, I just I'll have, you know, I'll scroll through Facebook and it'll just recommend like photo. Here's a photo you might like. And it was a photo of. Gary and I think Alan Collins at the Braves home opener in 1977 at Fulton County Stadium and Skinner or, or I don't know if it was 77, not whatever year. And uh, I think it was 76. I saw it. Yeah. yeah it had Ronnie Van Zant was in the picture. Yeah. Too. Yeah. And I guess they played a show that night at the stadium, but I, I just thought, saw the picture. like, Oh, that's cool. And I shared it. And then like two days later, so, so maybe it's my fault that he died because I shared it. I think you're giving yourself a little too much credit there. Hmm. I don't think you killed Skinner. I was the second gunman on the grassy knoll, though. All right. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) My co-host has got brain fry a little bit. Rockin' Pod is killing him, but he will survive. He'll be back to normal. Let's give Chris a break. Let's do some rock star birthdays, death days, and upcoming albums. What do you say? I'm happy to turn the reins over to you. All right. Well, that really sucks about Gary Rosington. You know, he's going to be added to, unfortunately, the Rockstar Death Days list. I hate doing that. I hate it. I'd rather celebrate birthdays. So, the schedules are kind of wacky here lately. I mean, it's been a minute since we've done a Geek Wire, so got to kind of go back a little bit because we missed a few. So, I guess let's just start at the beginning of March. The man who's going to be at Rockin' Pod, I'm so excited to get to meet him, hang out with him, and we just were hanging some posters and stuff down here in the, in the basement studio at my place, and one of the things we definitely hung up was the autographed album that he sent me, because I'm so proud of it. I've been a fan of Tough since I was a little teenager, and I still love Stevie Rochelle to this day. Happy 57th birthday to Stevie, celebrated that on March 2nd. You know who celebrates a birthday the same day as Stevie Rochelle? It's another lead vocalist you might know. I I heard the other day, and now I can't remember who it was. John Bon Jovi. Oh, yeah, that's right. I'm shocked and appalled that you don't know John Bon Jovi's birthday. Well, I, I bought a cake and everything. Yeah, you bought it for Juice Newton, and just now you're trying to pass it off. I see what's going on. Uh, yeah, I, I, I owe you and Kristen both a punch for that shit. <laughs> Oh, I wish I could read you guys the, the uh, text messages between Chris and myself <laughs> at the expense of Chris making fun of his love of Juice Newton. 
classic. Love that, it. That isn't even real. <laughs> yeah, sure, whatever. All right, moving on. From the Bullet Boys, Lonnie Vincent celebrates a birthday on the 3rd of March. On the 4th, Jason Newstead from Metallica turns 60. On the 8th, Mickey Dolenz from the Monkees turns 78. On the 10th, also turning 60, Jeff Amitt from Pearl Jam. On the 11th, Vinnie Paul, had he lived, would have been 59 years old this year. Mm. Good friend of the show, former guest, super awesome dude, awesome vocalist, celebrating his 70th birthday on the 11th, the one and only Robert Fleischman. Oh, cool. Happy birthday, Robert. A couple of great friends of the show celebrating their birthdays respectively on the 12th and the 13th. Got to give a shout out to Brant Cattell and Joey Haney. Happy birthday, fellas. All right, then I think I'm just going to go right on up through to Rockin' Pod because we are definitely not doing another one of these before. We'll pick up afterwards, so let's keep going. On the 15th, two guys, both lead vocalists. One's turning 68, the other one's turning 60. Brett Michaels and D. Snyder celebrating birthdays. Then we got Nancy Wilson celebrating her 69th birthday. Chuck Shute is the, uh, I don't know how, <laughs> I don't know how old Chuck Shute is. I just know he's an awesome dude and a hell of a podcaster. And you ought to check out his show, the Chuck Shute Podcast, his birthday on the 16th. And that's where we'll cut off Rockstar Birthdays because that'll take us into Rockin' Pod Weekend. We'll come back fresh out of that. We're going to try to anyway. I, I don't know about how fresh, but okay. <laughs> yeah, we'll try. <laughs> We're going to have like the Rockin' Pod hangover for the first month, but eventually we'll get back to it. Nope. All right. Well, let's look at some Rockstar Death Days. At first I thought... This ain't so bad. Only got a couple. And then I thought, well, should probably go up to Rock and Pod. And that made the list a little bit longer. So, we got to celebrate the memory of the original lead vocalist of Boston, Brad Delp. Passed away back in 2007 at the age of 55. It's a crazy story. I don't even know if I want to even get into it because it's such a crazy story. I'll let you guys look that one up yourself. But... If you're a fan of Boston, you want to remember Brad Delpin. Even if you're not a fan of Boston, there's no denying what an awesome singer that guy was. Amazing range. All right, here's one that we'll remember on the 14th. This one touches me for sure because I grew up in the era of Metal Edge magazine. It was so important to me that every time there was a new Metal Edge magazine, I would Beg my mom to go to the store with me. You don't want to go to the grocery store with me. Yeah, mom, please. Why would you want to go to the grocery Please, mom. Let me help you. I'll carry the milk and the eggs and my new copy of Metal Edge magazine. Back in 2021, at the age of 67, longtime editor. She was had her name and photos all over in that magazine. Jerry Miller passed away at the age of 67. She did? Yeah. What? What year? 2021. I had no idea. Yeah, really? You didn't know that? No. Yeah, she uh, she had some health issues, but she also had cancer. Oh, maybe I did hear about that. Well, well, for the hater that uh, still wants to listen to us, even though he doesn't like the show, here's Aaron telling me something. Yeah, you like that? Jerry Miller was also a two-time Jeopardy winner in 1986. I, I remember hearing about that. Bring in the knowledge. Aaron Camaro, look at me go. <laughs> Might not know shit about Queensryche, but I know a little something about Jerry Miller. Yeah, well, he doesn't know anything about Queensryche, so fuck him. <laughs> Jeff Tate is very disappointed in you. <laughs> yeah, well, he can tell me all about it on his next wine tour. <laughs> the, yeah, that, I'm sure Baco and Elsie uh, are signed up for that. Huh? You should bring him a rocket pod and just have him give us, uh, just wheel us around the fairgrounds. <laughs> this over here is where they show the, the, the chickens and the cows, and this is where a Ferris wheel would usually be. And how do you like that Merlot? How's that going? Shut up, Jeff Tate. 
drive. All right, we got a few more to go. People remember, you know, damn, remember Jerry Miller, how much joy she brought the world. We're going to get to meet Mark Ferrari at Rockin' Pod. He was at all the greatest parties with Jerry Miller and all those photos to prove it. We've got to ask him about that. What's the best party Jerry Miller ever took you to? <laughs> then on the 16th, we want to remember, man, this one sucks because, man, I really like this guy. And he died way too young at the age of 24. Drugs, right? They suck. Andrew Wood, lead vocalist of Mother Love Bone, passed away on the 16th in 1990 at the age of 24. Yeesh. Yeah. Taken off life support after he overdoses on heroin. Mm. And that guy was amazing. Like, everybody says, oh, Mother Love Bone, that was the band that would go on to become Pearl Jam. Which is, in a lot of ways, true because those those guys in that band were, you know, would end up teaming up with Eddie Vedder and becoming Pearl Jam, but... Mother Love Bone was awesome. Oh, I love that album so much. Oh, there's two albums, like two EPs, I think, or something like that. Yeah. And then later on, I think they got released as one album. I've got all three of them here because I, you know, got them on CD. And I love it. I love those songs. Captain High Top. Got to throw in some Mother Love Bone this week. Give it a shot if you don't know about that album. Some damn good stuff on there. Let's see, then also, we got a couple of them on the 16th. This one's kind of, this is a young one too. Daniel McMaster. Not familiar with him? He was the lead vocalist of Bonham. Oh, yeah. Passed away in 2008 at the young age of 39. Blood disorder or something? It's like a staph infection, I think. And he thought it was a cold and didn't go get it checked out. Killed him. Mm. Sucks. Man, we could only all be so lucky to go out like Dick Dale, the king of the surf rock guitar. Passed away on the 16th in 2019 at the ripe old age of 81. I'll take 81. Yeah, I I only hope I can make it to 81. Got a couple more leading us up into Rock and Pod, and then we'll pick up after Rock and Pod when we get back. Uh, remember on the 17th, Bernie Torme. I know you've talked about your enjoyment of Bernie Torme before. Not a long time ago. Yeah, but yeah, he, he died young too, didn't he? No, well, I mean, I guess it depends on, you know, not 81. Or is it- he passed away in 2019 at the age of 66. Oh. This guy's got a cool story. He was hired, I mean, he was a guitar player. He did a bunch of his own albums, songwriter, all that. And then in the 70s, he was picked up by Ian Gillen when Ian Gillen left Deep Purple to become the Ian Gillen Band. And he was the guitarist in that. And there's some killer songs in the Ian Gillen Band discography. Now, the craziest story about Bernie Torme is that when Randy Rhodes died and Ozzy Osbourne was looking for a new guitarist, Jet Records had actually hired Bernie Torme. That's right. Flew him to the United States, paid for everything, guaranteed this is your job. Ozzy Osbourne and the band don't know nothing about it. So it was like management was going to go, here, here's your new guitar player. And it didn't work out like that at all. So Bernie Torme doesn't get the job, even though he was already hired for it. That's a wild story, too. Yeah, it would have been interesting to to see what he would have wound up doing with Ozzy if it would have worked out. I think it was just... Kind of the fact that, you know, you got Jakey e. Lee. Not only is he a killer guitar player, but he also fits the look and the style of the times. Maybe Bernie Torme didn't look as, you know, glammed up as Jakey e. Lee. Maybe he didn't fit what you wanted in a guitar player in the 80s. Yeah. But I think as far as a player, no sweat. That guy would have had it good. 66 years old, killed by pneumonia. That sucks, too. Yeah, 66 is too young. And then finally, we'll wrap this one up. Rockstar death days to the man who most likely, I would say, could be credited for beginning everything, everything that we talk about here on the Decibel Geek Podcast. Legendary guitarist Chuck Berry. Passed away on March 18th in 2017 at the age of 90. 
Yeah, he chuckled a long time. Yeah, and like I say, you know, people like to say, where does it all begin? Where does rock and metal begin? I say it starts with Chuck Berry. You make a good argument for it. Because then he influenced everybody else on down the line. Nobody was ripping guitar like Chuck Berry before Chuck Berry. Do you know who gave his eulogy? Hmm. Do I get four choices like in Beat the Geek? I can, okay, I'll give you four choices. All right. Let me think here to make sure this I have decent options for you. Um, okay. All right, good. Hmm. I can't think. <laughs> I got it. In my mind, I something says Keith Richards. No, not Keith Richards. It was actually Gene Simmons. For real? He did. Oh, wow. I had no idea. That would have been an awesome Beat the Geek question. Yeah, I mean, not for you, but maybe for your opponent. But the, And the, kind of the way it happened was um, it was when he was started doing his solo tour with the guys we know. And the one of the first dates was in St. Louis. And Chuck died like the day before or that day. And I think Gene may have put out a tribute or probably contacted his people and just you know, paid his respects. And then they asked him if he would speak. And so he wound up giving the eulogy. Wow. I wonder how Chuck Berry would have felt about that. (laughs) Yeah. Something tells me he wasn't a kiss fan. (laughs) Maybe he was. He's probably like, I don't know about the rest of them guys, but that Ace Fraley, he's good. And here's a clown to give your eulogy, Chuck. Man, that's yeah, that's weird. I mean, it's cool. It is cool. I mean, we could all have Gene Simmons give our eulogies at our funerals. That'd be fantastic. But I've got to kind of wonder, you know, what would Chuck Berry have thought of that? Hey, think- man, I got I got to tell you, I came back from the future. and I've got to let you know. Gene Simmons from Kiss? Yeah, that guy up there breathing fire and spitting blood? He's going to give your eulogy. Do you- Say what? <laughs> Do you think Gene offered a Kiss casket? At a discounted rate? <laughs> Come on, this is Gene Simmons we're talking about. No discounted rate. <laughs> Be glad to sell you one, though. I'm just playing. Eulogy's free. Casket, $5,000. Yeah, yeah, that'll cost you. <laughs> Crazy. Wow. See, we're all learning a little something here today. There's, a, you know, speaking of that, we'll give you a little spoiler alert. We'll be bringing back Beat the Geek pretty soon. Yep. Something special in the works. Maybe sooner than you think. All right, let's talk about albums, stuff to look forward to, things that are coming out. We'll go back a few days. Uh, let's see, where did we leave off with Love Bites from Japan last time? Uh, anybody a fan of the band Dope? I like Dope. Yeah, that was a new metal band I kind of dug, too. They got an album coming out called Blood Money Part Zero. Actually, it's out already. It came out on the 24th. The same day as the new Godsmack album, Lighting Up the Sky, came out. Have you had a chance to hear any of that? I have not, but I guess they're not lighting up the ticket sales, huh? Not in Mexico, as far as what I read. I guess not. I always like Godsmack. I think they're pretty good. They say, from what I read, that this album's getting some pretty good reviews. I'll have to give it a listen. I'm, I like some songs, but not, not too many of them. Yeah. Here's a band came out on the with their album on the very same day, not getting such great reviews. The latest from Steel Panther on the Prowl. Huh, I haven't heard that one. Yeah, I just I haven't heard it either. I I said had something come up on the Facebook or something with a review of it. It was basically said uh the joke's over, it's not funny anymore. <laughs> they have really re- milked it pretty hard, haven't they? But, you know, the thing about that band is, yeah, it's it's the songs are funny, but the songs are still pretty rocking. Yeah. Like, I always think of that old song of theirs, uh, Death to All But Metal. And that song yeah. just rips. And it's funny. And also, uh, the best ballad ever, Community Property. <laughs> that song's funny, too, man. That's a yeah. great one. Oh, man. I like Steel Panther. I'm going to check it out. You never know. Might be the greatest album of the year. Maybe. All right. Then, let's see. We got a few more on the third. This one just came out. Do you remember the band Enslaved? I know the name. I couldn't tell you their music. All right. I to give you a visual. They got a new album coming out, or came out on the third, called Heimdall. 
but I'll give you the visual and, and you'll know what I'm talking about. This was the band that in the 90s had Wolverine on their album cover. Wolverine? That, that ring a bell from the, from the X-Men? Well, I know who that is. I don't remember any album covers with Wolverine. Am I thinking of somebody else? Oh, man, I'm going to get ripped apart on Kiss FAQ if I don't get this right. But I'm thinking it was enslaved because I remember not liking them because every time I'd go looking for Enough's Enough CDs and not <laughs> find any, I'd always find Enslaved. And it would be the one with the Wolverine on the cover. Man, I hope I'm not wrong about I, this. I don't think you're. I don't think you're wrong. I just don't remember it. I don't know. Let's just go with it. Maybe nobody else knows that I don't know what the hell I'm talking about either. Oh, wait. They all know. Fuck. Too late for that. Well, let's move on. <laughs> we, we wouldn't have this problem if Queensryche would put Wolverine on their album covers. Yeah, that's right. Then I would maybe remember them. Let's see. On March 10th, Rival Sons got a new album coming out called Dark Fighter. Should be worth checking out. On the 17th, you got a new album from the band Chelsea Grin. I know a lot of people dig them. Album's called Suffer in Heaven. That's coming out on the 17th. Also on the 17th, a new album by the band Pop Evil. I know a lot of people dig them. They got a new album called New Album called Skeletons coming out. So there you go. You got some music to look forward to in your future or very recent past. We're going to take that up to Rock and Pod and cut it off. We'll come back and talk about some new stuff coming out after that. Metallica's not too far away. Oh, I saw an announcement that um, I don't think there's a date on it yet. But remember the band Babylon AD? Yeah. I saw that they've got a live album coming out. And then later on in the year sometime, there's supposed to be a new studio album coming out by Babylon AD. And that was a band I dug back in the day. They're the one who did that, was it Bango the Bells? Yep, Bango yeah. the Bells and The Kid Goes Wild off the yep. Robocop 2 soundtrack. Yeah, yeah, I like them. Yeah, me too. Should be cool. Interesting to see what they come up with. Um, but yeah, that's what I got. That's what you got to look forward to. And of course, we want to remember the ones that we've lost and also celebrate birthdays. And that is my segment. All right. Just a couple things to touch on before we get out of here. Um I thought this was interesting. Mick Box from Uriah Heep said he would be very proud if they got into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. What do we think the odds are that Uriah Heep winds up in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? I know they were in our Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Oh, yeah. I think they deserve to be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I mean, they are actually rock and roll. Does it actually happen? Hell no. They're too busy putting in... Dolly Parton and, you know, like pop stars and rappers. And I mean, yeah. here's a band that's an actual rock band that I I feel deserves to be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I think it's a band that if you gave them a chance, you would find stuff that you dig by them because they've had a long career and a lot of albums and have gone through a lot of different phases. I dig a lot of it. I think Uriah Heep's pretty underrated. I think they should be in the Hall of Fame, but I don't believe they ever will be. I, th I think if it happens, it would be long after they're all dead. Um, it, it won't be anytime soon. Um, when when there's nobody left to induct, right? And that yeah, that's that's typical of what they do. But I I will say that honestly, I never gave them much of a chance until recently, and I like what I've heard, and they really impressed the hell out of me opening up for Judas Priest when that tour came through here a couple of years ago. Um, right on. I was like, damn, these guys are really fucking good. And uh, and the songs are good. I need to d dive into their catalog a little bit more. Honestly, the name always turned me off. I was like, what a stupid name. And I never yeah. gave them a chance. Yeah, it is kind of a dumb name. Like, I remember when I was first introduced to them, it was like when band names, like, meant something. And it was like, what does that mean? And, like, it doesn't mean anything. It's just a band name. And, like, that's weird. Well, I'm assuming it's it's the name of a person they named it after, but I don't know who the hell Uriah Heep is. I bet you it's some like character in an old book or something. It's probably something a Lord of the Rings, maybe. Maybe. Um, but like last thing to talk about. Didn't it just, Wait, Kiss went on. Wait, hang, did their hang, big on, hang on a sec. Whoa, whoa. Before we get into the last story, I got a quick thing I wanted to add that I just literally found out about right before we recorded this. Okay. So our good friend Bay Ragney does the Bay Ragney show. He's been a guest on the show before. He was on the time with uh, Dave Tedder. 
and the four of us sat down and talked about music. Bay is a super cool dude. If you're a wrestling fan, way back in the ECW days in Philadelphia, he played the role of Chubby Dudley. But he is a rock and roller and a good friend of ours. And he got a pretty awesome interview with Michael Kelly Smith from Britney Fox fame. Now, as far as I thought, this guy was like one of those dudes that was like a recluse, like nobody could get interviews with him. I never really thought twice about it. But Bay got the interview, and he told stories about auditioning for Kiss after Ace Fraley left the band in the early 80s. He talked about all kinds of history of Britney Fox, prehistory of Britney Fox, like the bands that were inspiring to them that would push like the bands that they all looked up to as kids growing up in that area and what inspired them to become bands and I just wanted to give a big you know hell yeah to Bay for scoring that awesome interview and that guy told a shit ton of awesome stories and stuff that like rock history stuff from the 80s and the early 90s and stuff I never knew it was it was really good and very cool and I think Bay was the perfect guy to do it because he grew up in that area, and he was a part of that. You know, he was a fan of it coming up. So, I can't think of nobody better to get an interview with the guy who hasn't done an interview in forever. Finally, comes out and tells just all kinds of kick-ass stories. And that is episode one thirty-six of the Bay Ragney Show. If you're a Britney Fox fan or even a Kiss fan, you really need to check that out. It's pretty damn cool. Yeah, I'll definitely check that out. I'd, I'd be interested to hear what the guy has to say. Right. Well, we got to go out with Kiss, of course. So, uh, is it just a, a little bit of everything? They they went on Howard Stern, which we had talked about before that they were getting ready to. And we were pretty much right with what they announced. It's going to be the final two shows at Madison Square Garden on December 1st and 2nd. Yeah. And, um, you know, the interview with Howard Stern was, was pretty good overall. Um, he actually got some interesting stuff out of nothing major about like Ace and Peter or any of that, but interesting stuff about like how they grew up and their parents and stuff like that. I thought that was, it was almost like a therapy session, but it was interesting insight. Um, Tommy and Eric, I think said about six words between the two of them. Yeah. Um, but, uh, Gene and Paul did okay on it. And then, uh, but yeah, with these and I, and tickets went on sale as of today that we're recording this. And I, from what I gather, it sold out in a few hours, both shows. Well, you know, it's, it's a historic thing and I hope this really is it. I would be, disappointed to find out that people from all over the world would be flying to be a part of these shows if they sold out so fast i mean i know people from all over the country that were talking about we should go to that we we need to go to that to me man i seen the farewell tour yeah but that's you know that's whatever that's just me if somebody else is excited about going and seeing it i think you should go do it 100 percent to see it at Madison Square Garden. I mean, you're not getting you're not getting a you know a Kiss fans Kiss show. You're getting to celebrate and party and rock and roll all night one last time, you know. And that's you know what's funny. I really didn't give two shits about it, but now when I kind of say it out loud, it does kind of give me kind of feelings. You know what I mean? I mean, it's Kiss, man. It's really the end of kiss no it's not they're not retiring i mean if it is it is i mean it'd be i don't know i guess motley Crue can get up in front of all kinds of people sign a contract and say we're never going to do this again and then just come back six months later and be like hey we're going on a tour well they're they're not going to tour again but they're going to they'll do a residency and they'll do one-offs i'm sure that which is is annoying to me because the madison square garden shows like like you said there's people that are going to be flying and spending thousands of dollars to go to that thinking it's that's it and i don't know i'll be i'll be astounded if that if this is really their last shows hmm i don't know man you know i'll tell you this as a kiss fan i i wouldn't i talked to the wife about it and i was like i just don't think that's i don't want to go see that but as a KISS fan, what I'm super interested in, and we've talked about this before, is what comes next, you know? Are we going to get that kick-ass Gene Simmons solo album? Maybe get the guys in the band back together? 
Oh, oh, I almost forgot about that. Here's some news for you, too. Rock City Machine Company. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Ryan and Jeremy and Phil. Who else is with them? Do you know? I don't know who's playing drums, but I, I, it was produced by Marty Fredrickson, which is a big deal. So the guys from the Ace Fraley slash Gene Simmons band and Phil, who would go on to be a member of Accept, have gone into the studio and recorded a new album. See, isn't this funny? Isn't this funny how my Kissdom has my Kiss fandom has evolved? We're talking about the last ever Kiss show, and it's like, yeah, whatever. Oh, I'm super excited about what the guys in the Gene Simmons and Ace Fraley band are doing. I'm way and, more excited about it. <laughs> and that's legit. That's real excitement. I heard the one song. And I love it, and I can't wait to hear the rest of it. You guys get on Facebook or whatever, Twitter, however you do it, however you get your stuff. And it's called the Rock City Machine Company. And it's the guys from the bands, the Kiss guys. Jeremy Asbrock's going to be at Rockin' Pod. And we yep. ask him about it. When, when, when am I going to get my CD of that? It's exciting stuff right there. More excited about that than I am about the final Kiss show. More excited to see... What's Eric Singer going to do? Is he going to go do a solo album like ESP? That stuff was always cool. What's Tommy Thayer going to do? Is he going to just rejoin Black and Blue? Or is he going to do something else cool? Should be interesting. What's Paul Stanley going to do? More Stool Station? (laughs) Tommy's going to start Thayer's Meteorite. I don't like that. I don't like that at all. (laughs) (laughs) Eric Singer will put out a... uh... A swing jazz album. Uh, Lamo. Let's not think about that. Let's think about all the cool <laughs> possibilities. <laughs> and Vinnie Vincent will put out nothing. Yeah. <laughs> and Ace Fraley will just keep kicking ass and doing his thing. And he's got a new album supposedly coming out this year. That should be cool. Yeah. I don't know, man. It's part of me feels something because you think if this really is the end. Well, man, that's the end of one hell of an era. You talk about Kiss as a whole. Yeah. I mean, I, I I haven't had an interest in them touring in a while, but yeah, I mean, it, it's a big deal. Although to me, if it means them unearthing more stuff from their vaults and putting stuff out like that, I'm all for it. Well, yeah, because that's it. Because if they're not going to be making money out on tour, they're going to be using the Kiss name to make money somehow. Oh, and that me. means the only way that's going to be is more kick-ass T-shirts, more kick-ass deluxe editions, more, you know, off the soundboards, maybe more, you know, unreleased demos and bootlegs and things, stuff that we've never heard before, stuff from the classic era, kiss stuff from the '80s, man. Let's let's bring that all about. See that as a Kiss fan, I'm also excited about. I could be wrong, but I think I heard that the next big deluxe edition thing they're going to do is going to be, it's going to focus on the first album, but also pre-first album stuff that they did, like Wicked Lester and Peter and Ace's projects before it. Oh, yeah, like those sessions and stuff. There's there's the whole, like, demo album of songs that would go on to become Kiss songs that are pretty cool in their original forms, too. Yeah, like an early years box set, basically. I like it. Yeah, hopefully that's what happens. Well, you know, it's been hard to be a KISS fan these last many years, but KISS fans, we still are, and will always be. You know, they're the band that, they were my band, always. Like, I'd fight for them, I'd argue, and, you know, my friends would all shit on them, and I'd still be a KISS fan. I'd never turn my back on them, until I felt like eventually they kind of turned their back on me. But... Still kiss, you know. Sometimes I don't know. It's it's a weird it's a weird relationship. But we'll see. We'll see what happens if this really is truly the end. Yeah. Well, I know this is the end of this geek wire because I gotta get back to work. But uh no this is uh yeah, this will be the last geek wire until Rockin' Pod, so wish wish us the best as we uh, get to the other side of this thing. Come down to Nashville and wish us the best in person. Please. And then have, have a beer with us, too. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm excited to see so many longtime friends and make some new ones. Let me introduce you to Stevie Rochelle. That's right. I'll be glad to do it. So, we'll see everybody at Rockin' Pod. 
I think we got one more episode coming your way before then. Right, probably right before then. Yeah. We'll figure it out. I think we got one more coming your way, an actual episode before Rockin' Pod, and then we'll be back after Rockin' Pod. So if we don't see you at Rockin' Pod, we'll see you next time. See ya. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.